0: Merry Christmas to you all, and we are so honored to be here in person. We've been isolated for long enough, but how many of us know God's greater than any pandemic? Yes, He is. You know, the Bible says that angels can be among us. They are emissaries, and they are messengers, and they are servants that do God's bidding. In fact, Scripture says we should watch how we treat people because we could be intersecting and interacting with angels unawares. Sometimes God sends us a test to be able to soften our soul and our character. In 1994, this church was started. At the same time, there was a show that was called Touched by an Angel, and it was conceived as a thought to follow the rage that was all about angels back then, except a Christian writer named Martha Williamson was tapped by CBS to start producing the show. And she said, you know, angels are not just dead. They're not dead people who come back to life. They are created as messengers to do God's bidding. The show ran nine Seasons One Emmy Awards, and it profiled and piloted based on a story of a woman who was a single parent who was struggling with two young children. Her name was Ivy Olson, who eventually became A local Kamaina. So, if we can say this is a large living room here on this cuddly Christmas Eve, and we can go back to when we had analog television sets and only three networks, when Christmas was a lot slower, you will see a grainy video for the next four minutes as we flash back to nostalgia and we see the recreation of her story and then hear from Ivy personally. Are you ready? Okay. Touched by an angel. This is how it began.
1: Oh, honey, I made Thanksgiving dinner for you and the boys, but you left so early this morning, I didn't get a chance to invite you. Come, come. It's very kind of you to offer, but uh, we wouldn't want to impose.
2: Turkey? Pumpkin pie?
1: Oh, Oh, please. I made it
2: just for you. this lady how did she know me i'd never seen her before i remember walking into her little apartment and the lights were on in the kitchen and the table was all set and there was dinner just like home sweet home she asked about our day and how things were going and it just felt like having grandma there and just someone who really cared
3: I got my turkey leg
1: You better eat it up before it runs away mm. How are you doing, honey? Mm. Would you like some more corn? Mm, if you wouldn't mind mm. You know, it's funny Living here all this time and never running into you Oh, I pop in and out a lot mm. Tell me, honey Are you lonely? Honestly, no No secrets here well, a little. I have the children. I think mostly I, I just miss having conversations. I don't really feel like there's anyone there to listen to me. Oh, I'm sure that's not true. Uh, Will you live alone? You must know what it's like. I just, oh, I just wish I had the time to get out and and meet some different people yes go to the movies (laughs) hmm? curl up with a good book yeah how is the furniture from dr miller working out oh it's fine he's been very generous everyone should have someone to help them like that potato salad. It's my favorite. How did you know? (sighs) So
2: glad you came. (laughs) I felt joy. I felt hope. I felt loved. I can do it. The next day I went down to thank my new friend for the wonderful dinner and for her kindness.
1: John, can you tell me what happened to that little old lady in three?
4: Three? There's nobody in three.
3: That's been vacant 10, 12 weeks now.
1: No, you don't understand. We had dinner there last night. Thanksgiving dinner. With this little old lady.
2: Turkey. You feel all right? I was literally shaking because I knew something... Very, very awesome had happened in my life. I walked up the steps back to my apartment, and I can just, even now, I get goosebumps, just being very, very alive and very, very tingly. And I realized that I had been with an angel.
0: Ivy Olson would give her life to Jesus Christ, come to Hawaii, And she married Pastor Doug Olson, who was then the pastor of Calvary-by-the-Sea Lutheran Church in Ina And as she grew in her faith, from this moment when she saw and experienced God intervene in her life, she started Angel Network Charities in 1989, which since then, till today, has raised tens of thousands of dollars to help the hurting, the helpless, the hopeless, and the needy. She's passed on since and so has Pastor Doug. But Touched by an Angel was inspired by Ivy Olson's experience not only with the angel, but how she started her angel charity. Isn't that cool? How many, how many of you have heard of Touched by an Angel? I know old people here have. <laughs> All right. Last night when we entered our Christmas weekend, even the pe- young people knew because it's still in syndication. It is reported that Touched by an Angel has been responsible to bring people to a faith in God in a tremendous fashion, and it continues to rivet the public today, especially as we've come through a pandemic and we've all sought for answers. Well, over 2,000 years ago, it was an angel who revealed to Mary, a teenage peasant girl that she was chosen to bear the Son of God, the Savior of the world. Think about it, moms. What if an angel appeared to you and said, you will bear the Christ child? Wouldn't that freak you out? Because it freaked Mary out. Let's go to scripture here in Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you but she was greatly troubled. That phrase means she was irritated, overwhelmed, and agitated. She was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found a favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And Mary said to the angel, Well, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This visitation was accompanied by the overshadowing presence and power of the Holy Spirit. The remarkable thing is Mary simply surrendered in childlike faith to that call, not yet understanding what that meant. Theologians and scholars uh, speculate that Mary had the choice to refuse that moment, that call to bear the Son of God, and God would have chosen someone else. But of course, the Lord, who is sovereign, and he knows all things from beginning to end, he knew that Mary would say yes. Well, months later, we see the outcome. In the second chapter of Luke, she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, The Christmas story teaches us, first of all, that difficulty is a bridge to destiny. Moms, is childbirth difficult? And if it is, say amen. That was a pretty weak amen, probably because it is so difficult to say amen. Difficult, difficult is a pathway to destiny. Think about it. Mary had to travel far from the city of Nazareth to Bethlehem, find a place for the birth because there was no room for them to be found, use an animal trough for a crib, and incur the condemnation for having a child out of wedlock because the religious laws and culture of the day could have required a death sentence for her. Think about that. And by the way, people think that, okay... What was this place? Was it, a was it a barn or a stable? Actually, the most modern speculation is that there was an alcove or a cave. We don't know. We can ask Mary later when we see her. But children born in this manner were seen as, like bastard children, illeg- illegitimate and inferior. So in reality, this was stressful and difficult. But difficulty is never a barrier to keep us from God. Difficulty is a bridge that connects us to God. And um, I just want to say, this is a difficult time for many people. I would, I would speculate that some of us, this Christmas, is a, is a kind of time you want to get through. Not to remain in your parade on this Christmas Eve, but firemen, paramedics, police officers, and ministers, among others, are on call because more people pass, more people end up in hospitals, more people get abused, more people divorce, and more people get separated in the most wonderful time of the year than any other time of the year. And so when we say that difficulty is a bridge to destiny, we also understand that that bridge to destiny goes through a relationship with God, and that can flip the script in anything. I was, we, our, our church here consists of about over 370 small groups. That's the heart of our church. We, we break up into little families where we can pray for each other, discuss the Word of God together, like what's being talked about this whole weekend, and then see how it applies to our lives. And what it does, it peels away the stuff in our soul so that the stuff that hurts and is wounded us can heal. I was in a small group uh, this past week where there were eight men. Six out of the eight men have gone through extreme crisis, brutal crisis, And there in a public patio in a very popular restaurant, these men who are very successful in their careers, most of you would know who most of them are, began to uncloak their pain. And as they ministered to one another and prayed for one another and talked openly about those things, I saw them with a spirit of humble surrender, literally surrender everything to God, and they began to pray for each other out loud right in the patio of this restaurant. And then, not only were we sitting, we stood up. I felt awkward. And I'm the minister. Because God kind of took over to that spirit of surrender. So what is this? Surrender is the conduit to God's power. Mary understood this. She was overwhelmed by the angel's visit as... You and I would be, and she knew that the future possessed some real challenges. She was no doubt, she was no doubt concerned about, over how she would conceive as a virgin. That's problem number one, but she knew she would have to deal with the stigma of rejection, not only for herself, but her son, who would be viewed as a bastard child. But the angel responded to this difficulty, this conundrum, this problem, simply by promising God's Holy Spirit power. That's what I saw in the restaurant on Tuesday night. Eight normally proud men, very successful and prominent, and the Lord just took over. We usually meet for an hour, maybe an hour and 15 minutes. But you know when God took over, guess how long that meeting lasted? Three hours. Because when the Holy Spirit overshadows a moment, a sense of time leaves And the Lord begins to work by His Spirit, unfolding what He has in the promise of tomorrow. So, by faith, what did Mary do? She simply surrendered. She said, let it be to me according to your word. What did she do? She she chose faith over fear. These men did the same thing. See, faith is the only thing that pleases God. God is love. But only faith, Scripture says, pleases the Lord. There's something about the favor of God that comes to us when we choose to believe. And some of us on this Christmas Eve, you've had some heartbreak and disappointment and discouragement. The last three years have not been easy. Here's what the Lord wants to say to you. Choose to believe again. Choose to believe again. Because difficulty is the bridge to destiny. Surrender is the conduit to God's power, but know this as we bring it down here this evening. Not only did the angels bring revelation to Mary, they would reveal the Christ child to shepherds. Now, shepherds were the lowliest of vocations, the lowliest of professions. Think about the fact that our Father in Heaven selected a peasant teenage girl to bear the Christ child. Not exactly what, if we were God, the choices that we would make. He didn't select the upper echelon of society. He went with the simplest and the lowest and the poorest. Because God is always for the underdog. And when we go through underdog moments in our life, that's when God, if we look for him, is nearest, is closest. These men in our Tuesday night group, they admit As long as they were successful, and they had been very successful, they didn't even think about God. But he said, they said, you know, there comes a moment, and by the way, two of them have stage 4 cancer, and the Lord seems to be working in their lives. They said, but, you know, there comes a moment God brings all of us to our knees. And sometimes the little nudge turns into a bigger nudge. I stood back in delight as I watched seven men, including myself, experience the presence of God. No kind of men's group lasts three hours, especially without beer. And I look at that and I think to myself, how many of us need an interaction with the Lord through his Holy Spirit and an angelic touch in our lives? Maybe not now, but perhaps later. So let's see, the shepherds. They went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. So the shepherds remind us that we are to extend the good news of the gospel to others. You don't keep good news to yourself. You you just share good news with others. So the angels first told the shepherds about Jesus, okay, then the shepherds told others about Jesus, and by doing so, they became angels. Because the word angel in Scripture simply means messenger. Okay? that's The, the literal meaning of, of the word angel is messenger. So they became messengers, messengers about the birth of the Savior, the birth of the Christ child. So let's bring it down to this. Jesus is God's gift to us. That's why we have Christmas. To believe in Him is our gift back to God. When we share about Him with others, it is our gift to others. And when we do that, we become His angels or messengers to the world with the message of hope and good news so people can believe again. Our own Pastor Paris and Twinkle Hayashi. Pastor Paris, who you just saw as our host, welcome us all, have become messages of good hope, of, of 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 good news, I should say, to good hope. To the hurting, to the homeless, to the needy, and to little ones I know who are always hungry. And so, if you'll look back up on the screen here, here is the story of Pastor Paris and Twinkle Hayashi. And by the way, it's not grainy like the opening. This is up to date, high death, baby. I
4: grew up in the Philippines and my family immigrated here to the U.S. when I was eight. I grew up in Long Beach. My parents ended up getting divorced. And in high school, my father passed away when I was 18. So life was very difficult for me growing up. When I was 24, I ended up getting married. And we were married less than two years. It wasn't a good marriage. It was kind of repeating what my parents had gone through. And so through that, I went through a separation and went through a divorce, and that's when I came to Pearlside.
3: We first met the day after she got saved, and so I just started asking her questions. I said, well, she's new. Just get to know her story and get to know what she's about, and we are gonna just develop a friendship from that.
4: That was in 2011, and then um, he ended up proposing New Year's 2012. Eight months later, 2013, we got married, and now we've made nine years going on 10.
3: In our marriage, uh, we really wanted children, but it just never worked out. And we tried to conceive, uh, we tried to do some medical procedures, uh, it never, nothing worked.
4: Before he was going to turn 50, we decided, okay, we should do in vitro. And we were going to go on a cruise to Alaska for his 50th. And so the doctor said, once you return from the trip, we can start the process. Thankfully, uh, when we got back, we didn't have to go through the process because we were already pregnant. And then we came in on week nine for the first ultrasound, and we didn't hear a heartbeat did another uh, ultrasound, same result. And then they gave me another option of what we can do to help the baby pass along. And then it just happened naturally at home, which was really hard. In
3: 2019, my father passed away. And growing up, I've heard rumors about the possibility of me being adopted. And so I finally asked my mom, Am I adopted? And when I was younger, she would always say, You're mine. And so the morning after my father passed away, I decided to ask her one final time. And finally, she was able to say, Yes, you are adopted. With the loss of our our child, my father passing away, me finding out that I was adopted, that kind of became a tipping point or a trigger for us to take on fostering and adoption.
1: Uh. Uh.
4: And since 2020, until now, we've had 17 children come in and out of our house. And currently we have four little girls. One of them we've had since she was two days old and her name was Selena. And I told this to Pastor Camille that I would name my first child Hope. And then when I was sitting in the the room waiting for the doctor to come in, I saw the paper was updated that her name was Selena Hope. We didn't give her that name. I guess the mom chose to add hope in the middle. We celebrated her birthday, and the morning after her birthday party, I felt led to go take a pregnancy test. And within seconds, it was a positive result.
3: It was unexpected. It was
4: unexpected. We weren't even trying. We weren't even planning for it. And um, the amazing thing is, I just turned 40 in October. From my personal journey growing up and not having a purpose, not having a future, and God redeeming my life and turning it around. Like, who am I that that God would love me this much, that he would redeem my story and use me to be a blessing to these kids, you know, kids that are not ours, that he would entrust us with their lives.
3: Love of them come from broken families, go from difficult situations.
4: There's a lot of fear that they go through just like I did growing up, being abandoned or not loved, and coming from nothing.
3: When I look back at my upbringing, they never made me feel like I was adopted. And I think that's the feeling we want to convey when these children come into our home. We want to love them, and make them feel like they're our own. You, oh. oh.
4: yeah. well, you want a girl? Or a boy? You oh. want a girl or a boy? You want a boy? Oh. Yeah. Oh. Want a boy? Oh.
1: yeah, right here. I like-
3: is to actually adopt the four that we currently have and open up our home for more fosters this place that we were given we know this it wasn't just for us and we know it's for the next generation
0: Mary would say, well, i bore bored Jesus, but that's pretty good, too. Will you welcome Pastor Paris and Twinkle Hayashi. Your reflections and your thoughts, because that is just so moving. I mean, we had a screening in our staff meeting, and everybody was wiping their eyes, honestly, even me, and just, you know, they're all staring at you, and you know there you are and your thoughts you watch that parting shot to all of us right from the heart let me quite go quite first
3: catch you? <laughs> your thoughts i think you mentioned this many times in your messages and just in personal conversations and it's this phrase that comes to mind god's delays are not necessarily his denials and even when it was a tough season. We tried and ladies, right? Parents, every 30 days, the time of the month comes and your hope, you anticipate, but nothing happens. But I think when we continued and said, we're going to walk by faith, not what we see in the natural, not what we see in reality, but we're going to see with God's eyes and we said, we're going to walk through this. You know, we're going to walk with hope. And we're going to continue to believe and not give up. And I think that would be my parting shot. Whatever you're going through, whatever season and difficulty and challenge you're going through, maybe not everything has gone well, but I want to say continue to believe. Continue to have hope.
4: He's, he's kicking right now saying, yeah, <laughs> amen. Um, I'm just overwhelmed by God's goodness. And faithfulness. I've watched that video over a hundred times and it's our story. And I cry every single time. Um, I think sharing your story through the darkness, through what you've gone through and, and seeing the light and the hope after what you've gone through, you become a conduit of God's love and hope. You become a blessing to other people despite what you've gone through. Just trust in the Lord with all your heart. He, he is sovereign, he is good, his timing is perfect, his ways are higher, and so I'm just thankful for this chance to share our story in the making still, we're in the beginning of our, our story, and he's 55, I'm 40, it's never too I'm late,
3: not 55 yet,
4: the, next year, <laughs> 10 years of marriage, um, and it's worth the wait, and God gets the glory. And so, amen.
3: I think we just made a determination not to do anything but to do something. Yeah. Sometimes when things don't go well, you can just sit back and say, okay, I guess God doesn't care. He's distant. No, I think that's what faith is. You continue to walk forward and trust in him no matter what you're going through. And his timing and his will is
0: perfect. they've chosen to make their house a home for the hurting, for the homeless, for the needy. That sounds like Jesus to me. And you know, we enter heaven and we secure eternal life by believing. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you, because this life is only preparation for the real life, eternal life to come. With every head bowed, I want to lead us In a response to the Lord, just like Mary responded, Let it be to me according as your word declares. Scripture says if we believe that Jesus is the Son of God, we believe that he rose from the dead, that's Easter, and we receive him into our hearts by faith, by the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that encountered Mary. He comes to live in us. And we have no worries for the future. But also on this earth, He begins to restore hope, not only as we believe to receive Christ for the first time, but as we believe again for every area of our lives. If that's you, and you believe, and you want to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior here in the hall, at home, those of you watching, then pray this prayer line by line with me and those who are already believers, and we are going to welcome Christ into our hearts. Shall we pray together? You're here, and this is your moment to step across the line of faith. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. You died for my sins. You rose again, breaking the power of sin and death over my life. Lord, come into my heart. I surrender to You. Be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, with every head bowed still, Scripture says, Christ came and gave Himself as a sacrifice publicly. And He declares our name before the angels of heaven as we confess our decision publicly. So I'm the witness. You pray to receive the Lord into your heart tonight for the first time. Can I see your hands? One, two, three. Okay, wonderful. Wonderful. Welcome to the family of God. This is the riveting main step and the first step. And later on, You will hear the leadership of this service tell you about the next step. But for now, how about a hand for those who receive the Lord here? Also for you at home, welcome. Greatest, most eternal decision you will ever make. But secondly, I know that life can be a challenge. And there are seasons, it's a grind. And there is adversity, but remember, difficulty does not separate us from God it's meant to connect us to God if we believe and so Father I want to pray that the overshadowing presence and power of your spirit would descend Lord that you would come upon us here this evening you know the cries of our hearts you even know the doubts that are there and the skepticism you know even those that were forced to come and can't wait to get out But they're here. I was one of those guys decades ago. And so, Father, I pray that you would pour out your spirit. I pray that you would bring a restoration of hope, a revival of faith, an infusion of strength. Lord Jesus, a refreshing and a renewal, a peace that passes all understanding. But in this season we call Christmas that you would reveal, Father, your Son, in unique ways to every one of us and every family that's represented here. That in every challenge of their life, you will show yourself to be real. That without a shadow of a doubt, there can be a surrender like Mary. And our confession can be, Lord, be it unto me according as your word declares. We give you praise in Jesus' name.